Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John. Here with me today are Brian. Hey. And Alex. Hello. This week, we're going to talk about a boatload of game news and some PGA Tour 2K21 because Brian and I have decided that golf is our life now. Uh, but before we get to all of that, if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch a show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest, Podcast, blah, the Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep your shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K, Tom Z, Chris K, and Alan K for the contributions. One of the perks to joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call side quests. Are you Okay. Who is this? I don't know, man. I'm just having fun with it. That's fine. Keep it going. <laughs> One of the perks to join the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call side quests. These side quests are cool conversations that we have about food and drink and music and all kinds of other stupid stuff that doesn't fit into the normal game show episodes. <laughs> and if you, if you subscribe, you also get the tiny terrors from the horror movie yearbook, guys, which are great, great as well. So consider it for as little as a dollar. You get access to that. It comes out a week early. If you're in the Patreon, otherwise it just shows up in the normal feed. So, uh, yeah, as always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch, as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. We are Twitch affiliates. You can subscribe to our Twitch channel using a free Prime subscription that Amazon so graciously gives us because Jeff Bezos has enough money to fly it to fucking space. In a and dick. A, in a giant penis, <laughs> which he did today. Alex, what's up with the network? Uh, so last week, Tim and I discussed in a double feature for the Midwest Film Nerds, F9, The Fast Saga, and Black Widow, because they can't stop making those names not make sense in the Fast and Furious franchise. So, <laughs> please go listen to that and hear our thoughts about all the families, and uh, let us know what you think there. And then the Horror Movie Yearbook Boys, they talked about Black Death. They got very cheery and talked about Black Death last week. There's a tiny terror out now with the tribute to Richard Donner and some fierce, Fear Street discussion, I believe. And then uh, next week, I think they're talking about Slumber Party Massacre 2. The end of this week, actually, is what they're, they're going to talk about that. Uh, this is one of Tim's picks from his, from his younger years. So, uh, looking forward to that. HorrorMovieYearbook.com uh midwestfilmers.com or just go to midwestpodcastnetwork.com check out all of our shows and uh yeah uh cool. so we should we should we should discuss Alan's email yes Alan sent an um, email but I also in- I want to say uh real fast I don't remember who said it in the discord I think it was Bruce maybe who said something about how uh the that fast F9 has more space in it than Space Jam <laughs> I think is what he said, or some. It was something along that. Along that's those funny. Yes, it does. Uh, it does. It certainly yeah. does. And you can hear you can hear Tim and I talk about all of that space in the spoiler section of Midwest Film Nerds. Go check. Spoiler, it out. spoiler alert. Hey, it's probably in the trailer. I don't fucking know. I don't watch those things. <laughs> uh, so Alan writes in subject PS5 games. Hi, gentlemen. I recently took to scrolling through the whole PS5 game section on the PlayStation Store. Games like Returnal don't appeal appeal to me, so I was looking to see what else they have that might pique my interest. I guess I'm quite confused as to why around 60% of the games are for weebs. 
All weird anime weeb games nobody has heard of. Why is this and who's buying them? Looking at you, Alex. Uh, and that's from Alan. Uh, I take offense. <laughs> and I would take more offense if uh, the game I was actually played a little bit of this week wasn't Final Fantasy VII. It's really... But, what's um, funny is that out of the three of us, you've probably watched the least amount of anime. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, probably. Yeah, that might actually be true. That's pretty funny. No, Brian helped invent animation. I mean, (laughs) honestly, uh, I think the last year I was in high school, I was part of a little like anime club. We would watch it every week. You are the weeb of the group. I didn't like buy any of the shit until after high school, but. uh. (laughs) Okay, now wait a second here. So, like, so, like. This is interesting because this came up at work a couple, like a couple weeks ago. But like in terms of a weeb, I looked up the the Urban Dictionary definition of what a weeb or a weeaboo is. That's for good those because don't know. I was wondering if we needed to email Alan back before we could answer his question to find out what a weeb is. You don't know what a weeb is? All right, no. I'm pulling it up right now. Urban, a weeb is a person who is interested in anime and Japanese culture. There is an important difference between a weeb and a weeaboo. The latter is a person who denounced their own culture, believe believe they are or want to become Japanese. They have a waifu or a body pillow, if some sort. <laughs> Of some sort and watch hentai. Weebs are normal people who like anime and may have some merch. That's amazing. I honestly just assumed it was some random Scottish like <laughs> no. phrase. The example that it gives, it says the weeb. The weeb says, dude, I just have to say it. I like anime. And the friend says, fuck, I don't want to be friends with a weeaboo. And the weeb says, I am not a weeaboo. I am not creepy about it and I don't want to be Japanese. I just like genre of TV. <laughs> Interesting. So I guess I mean, and so my my clarifying question here is the fact that I've been to Japan three times. Where does that put me on the weeb or weeaboo scale? <laughs> I mean, the fact that you've actually that puts you gone closer there to a weeaboo than a weeb. But it's yeah. not like I'm like, hey, I don't want to be an American. I mean, I, after the last four years, who wants to be an American? But anyway, it's not. Alan like did. I've he became an American straight up. What's congratulations. up? Congratulations. Yeah, he's not a weeb. He's an American <laughs> weeb. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah, uh, I don't know what games exactly he's talking about because I don't really look at the PlayStation 5 store because it's, it's, it's a lot sucks. of like Sword Art Online and like Persona mm. 5. Like, it is definitely like, impact, probably Japanese JRPG. Like, my, my guess is because it's a lot of, um, really, uh, free to play games like Genshin Impact that make a lot of money. Yeah, that's part of it. A lot also, of money. the RPG Maker franchise is probably one of the largest game making like platforms, and you can actually license your games from that now. If I'm not yeah. mistaken, like you can make a full scale RPG in RPG Maker, and then actually have it approved and sell it on like, the PlayStation Store and Steam and whatever. Like it's it's not just uh, it's not just a thing. Like, I remember when RPG Maker came out on PlayStation, and I was like, oh, I should get that because I can make my own Final Fantasy. And then I never got it because it was like, well, who's ever going to play it? Nobody. Yeah. Like, is is that like a strictly a, a weeb RPG maker, or can you make non-weeb RPGs? 
It's weeb only RPGs. It's it's literally like a JRPG maker because there's a big difference between a JRPG and a Western RPG would be my Yeah, it's not like a Baldur's not, Gate maker. Yeah. You're not making Damn. the Witcher. That's what um, I want. You're basically making softcore hentai porn R- RPG is what it is. Hmm. Uh, Which I know interests you. I mean, with like a, a darker color palette, it might sell me. <laughs> I'm going to gloss over that. Final Fantasy 14 also free to play in a lot of cases. Just is came it? out I to PlayStation 5. Four- I thought it has uh, it's a subscription fee. I believe it's the first 60 levels are free or some shit like that. Oh, shit. So you can play that on your PS5. Um, but really, Alan, I think what I would like to say is that, like, you know, you got Resident Evil 8. Yes, it's from Capcom, which is also a Japanese <laughs> video game maker, but less weeby, in my opinion. Um, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, very good. Um understand if you don't want to pay $60 for that, but it's out there. Um, and you know, but also like, yeah, I get it. It's a little disappointing right now. I think COVID has really like, number one, we're still not even in a year of having these consoles. And usually the first year or two means like games are kind of trickling out. Number two, COVID I think has really hit the, yeah, I think we need to like schedule pretty hard. I mean, we're lucky that you can still play PlayStation 4 games on it and everything. So you mm-hmm. kind of go back and play your back catalog of stuff you didn't play. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think we're we're a good year at minimum like behind on where we should be with releases and things like that. So imagine if the PS4 had launched instead in this time frame. There would just be nothing to play because yeah. it didn't have backwards compatibility. Yeah. And it, yeah, and it also didn't launch with much of anything either, so. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's just the way that a lot of these console launches go. Like, it's kind of hard to have a, a great con. I thought this one was pretty good because you got even Demon Souls out of it, which is which is yeah. great. But kind of a fluke you know. of of a game to get at launch. Yeah, because usually also, launch launch games are usually like scrutinized to like the most minuscule part, and and people just destroy them, and they're always like, eh, it's it's okay, it's not the best." Like, I remember the PlayStation Two and like getting like Tech and Tag Tournament and ssx and oni or no it was orphan yeah and like orphan was terrible absolutely awful well i've never even heard of it launch titles are generally like things that either were coming out like kind of got ported over from the previous generation to so that people could learn how the new systems work or yeah so ps5 took something from two generations ago and brought it back Mm -hmm. but fucking nailed it (laughs) yeah so also demon souls probably pretty weeby and some some sense of the yeah a, that's that's a that what was who who that's, made those i mean from soft it was from yeah. soft and then blue point did the remake and demon souls was published by altus which is ultimate weeb that's like persona shit right there oh shit so, yeah anyway <laughs> ultimate weeb <laughs> look for ultimate weeb 2k21 <laughs> coming this year swing your uh, waifu po- pillow <laughs> <laughs> from between your legs um yeah Fucking so nerds. anyway sorry alan uh hope there's more games for you later this year horizon forbidden west hopefully that stays in 2021 right yeah get we'll a see. steam deck although maybe i'll just wait till next year to get a ps5 if it doesn't come out i cannot yeah. wait to play pga tour 2k21 on a steam deck i'm just gonna throw that out there <laughs> 
it's it gonna be pretty switch? cool. It's gonna be sweet. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I feel like it's not that hard to to get it on a switch. Maybe I don't it is. Know. It is on switch, but I just okay. paid twenty dollars for it on Green Man. I yeah. don't. I'm not paying another. You're not gonna pay it if again. it's ten dollars on switch, I'll buy it. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know. You have to settle for Mario Golf. Yeah, I know Mario Golf's not as good as this. So, so, all right, our last episode was Mario Golf Super Rush. Why the defection to 2K21? Well, so Mario Golf Super Rush got Brian and I, like, thinking about GTA Golf. So we both downloaded GTA and started playing online to play the golf game. And I was still destroying him. And I think if we went back and played it again now, even though he's getting really good at PGA Tour, I would probably still beat him in P- in uh, GTA <laughs> Golf. We can. Test I cannot that. get used to the putting in that game. We, There's we just like no it. real science to it. So it's, it's bullshit. But anyways, I I just randomly, you know, I think it's because I wanted to have more than just nine holes. I wanted more courses. I wanted some variety to change it up because like playing the same nine holes over and over and completely fucking destroying Brian gets kind of boring. Like I just wanted to keep <laughs> fresh for myself. Mm-hmm. So I, I hopped on the green man and with my VIP status, I bought two copies of it and I gifted one to Brian nice. and, uh, and Thanks. then, and then we got Jordan to hop on and we got Chad to hop on and we got uh, Ricky apparently now has it. So like we we we're making uh what do we call in the in the in Jordan server with a golf wang or something like that like <laughs> yeah so we've got a whole group of people who want to play this game and it rules so um yeah it I just it's such a great golf game it's so you can use the mouse at like almost like you're playing golden tee at the bar where you slide back to take your backswing and then forward for your forward swing and like you can increase yeah. the strength and put spin we're on all, everything and we're all seriously considering getting trackballs just for this game. <laughs> yeah, it that came sounds up. About right. We actually like there I, I recorded a few sessions of us playing on Twitch, so if anybody wants to watch and just listen in on the commentary and everything that we have, as well as the in the in game commentary is really good. Um it's all it, there. It gets a little dry when you've heard it over and over again, but it does. It's it's very accurate, and, and it it sounds like like a legit golf announcer. That's cool. So, like, is it just having more courses and like? Oh, oh, I mean, you also mentioned the controls. Like, are these things that legitimately make it better than something like a Mario Golf and or a GTA Golf? Yeah. Is is there anything else like about the mechanics or the way it feels? Does it feel like it's the the physics feel better? Um, okay. Specifically, the different um, the different areas of the of the course, like the fairway, the rough, the green, all have different mm. uh, react reactivity to the ball. Okay. Um, just a it's lot not of just it landing it just, on a darker green splotch like it is in Mario. Yeah, well, things things just behave more like you would think they would. So uh-huh. as you're playing it, you're not left to this element of surprise when something goes haywire, unless like you're one of these guys who plays with the mouse and can't quite get the control right. So like you like you just take a swing and the ball doesn't it go anywhere near where you thought it was going to go because no, of the, no, no, no. the weird amount I have of the spin or whatever. Problem. I play with the mouse and keyboard now. I tried both. I had the... Like, I was shooting too far left or right when I did the analog sticks on the controller because it's just too hard to use, like, a 
like the right level of finesse on such a tiny little stick like that. That that just doesn't sound good. You're just not used to handling a tiny stick. You're right. And uh, I, on the other hand, <laughs> making large sweeping motions with my mouse is easier like, for me. I feel like we should probably just go to Top Golf or something. Can you show us in the air like how like the large sweeping motions you make like that? Yeah, it's very yeah like. What if your mouse is like right next to your mouth? <laughs> um, yeah, like would you sweep it this way? <laughs> really anyway, I bought a cordless mouse yeah. recently. We we did we did first like initially when Brian and I first played, we made our characters look as ridiculous as we could. I made a giant, like he was like three hundred something pounds and like seventy <laughs> inches tall, or so. like he was he was so big, and um. We we basically no what was he no he was he was like eighty inches tall or whatever and and yeah like he had a weird man bun thing going on and a slack jaw sticking out and like mutton chops and like I just made the most ridiculous looking thing I could Brian made like the exact opposite he made this like tiny little dainty gremlin like leprechaun looking dude <laughs> who he has stuck with and somehow made it look a little more like him I think. But I actually completely I spent like two hours making my character look like me and finding clothes that I would actually wear. <laughs> so it's it just it's ridiculous. In, in the game, it's what I one of the things I really like about it. When you're just playing with your friends, you still gain currency and stuff like that to buy the stupid outfits and things, which is really cool, because I feel like That's that cool. normally wouldn't happen in a game of this type. And uh yeah, you unlock new clubs, and I haven't. I don't think there's any like locked courses or anything yet. So you can pretty much play yeah. any of the courses you want. They've got the Detroit Golf Club on there too, so we can play like our hometown golf course, hmm. which is cool. There, there's also a full course designer, which I messed around with a little bit, and uh, you you can change everything. You can even start sculpting terrain and stuff if you want to change it. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, I really want to play around with that some more but there's so many courses that it's just not really necessary to make new ones at this point i just feel like i'd want to make a joke or like puzzle courses yeah that'd be fun yeah it's um, it's just it's a really well done golf game graphically it, it's nothing special it it looks good nah, it's just nothing nah, you want to be like oh my goodness it's amazing it's it's just a golf game but on um, the plus side it only takes up like six and a half gigs so that's nice. Yeah, it's yeah. a pretty small game, but it's <laughs> it's great. It's really really well done. Uh, we're really enjoying playing it. If anybody listening wants to play with us, if you join the Patreon, we'll come play with you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is uh, one thing I'd like to note too is it is purely skill based. Like some golf games where you level up your dude, you know, you can increase stats, kind of RPG style, whatever. This game doesn't have that, which I mean. I feel like it would be a good addition to the career mode, but when you're playing multiplayer, I think it's awesome that it's just pure skill. And the currency you, you earn, you can uh, use, in addition to buying clothes, you can also buy different clubs for your golf bag. Um, and they have different stats, but as far as I can tell, you can't like buy a club that has maxed out stats in every category. Mm -hmm. They just kind of trade stats between the categories. So basically, you're just buying clubs that suit your play style better. That's cool. Yeah. I also I'd like to throw it out there that uh, 
there are PGA Tour 2K21 Gamer Saloon tournaments that we That's could join. Cool. We do have a Gamer Saloon, uh, uh, what do you call it? A code or whatever that, that gets people. Right? Yeah, like a, I don't know what it gets you. I can't remember, but we do have a Gamer Saloon something or other. Something I read about that we haven't played with yet is you can make like a golf society or join one and um, you can start tournaments. So it's like multiple game events basically that yeah, run you, over time. You can do that on Gamer Saloon for money. <laughs> like well, that's real, pretty cool. Real money. I'm not feeling like I'm up to that level yet, but uh <laughs> So is there also no yeah. like power shot mechanic like in uh, Mario? No, there's or, I mean there okay. are you can switch your shot type. Uh, but there is no power shot where like it just you, you're where, like boosts. Yeah, insanely. there's nothing like yeah. that. It it is okay. it is a like a golf sim. Like it is a simulator. It does a very great yeah. job at that. Cool. So, yeah, if nice. you like golf games, or if you're looking for a game that's super chill, but uh, still competitive and fun, I think 2K21 PGA Tour 2K21 is is a great option to fill that void in your soul nice so and yeah it's like 20 bucks on green man and if if you if it's not 20 dollars for you you can privately message me on discord <laughs> and i will buy it for you and you can venmo me the money and i'll get you the discount there you go so anyways yeah that's all that's literally like i've only played gta golf and pga that's it that's all i've played in two weeks it's really sad i can't say the same but uh, what have that's you all played, I've played Brian? in the last, like, four or five days, I feel like, for sure. Nerd. Um, I had a note, and I can't find it now. <laughs> Gotta take these notes. <laughs> yeah, because my brain, you know, doesn't work sometimes. Um, I played a bit of the Company of Heroes 3, like, pre-alpha, I think they're calling it. Um, basically they made a surprise announcement that it was in development and that it's coming out this year, I'm pretty sure. And, uh, you like the day that they made the announcement, you could also sign up on the, uh, their website, the relic site and, um, get access to the pre-alpha, which is right now is like a chunk of the campaign um the campaign is like a new well it's not really a new thing in and of itself but it's new for a company of heroes where you basically play a turn-based like world map kind of thing and uh basically get to pick where you're going to attack and where you're gonna move units to and like what units you're gonna produce or whatever and um then once you get into like a battle it switches to like the main like well the company of heroes that people are used to which is a real-time strategy game Mm. um and you can play through that battle and depending on the outcome of that determines like what the overall um like overview world like the meta game ends up being like um I haven't messed with it too much, to be honest. I played the tutorial and a little, like, one of the battles, and it it's great so far. I mean, it feels like Company of Heroes, and 
for people who are not familiar with Company of Heroes, it's a, re- a real-time strategy game by Relic, who made also made the Dawn of War real-time strategy games. Um, is and, the pre-alpha free? Is when you sign up, or do you have to pay? Some, is it no, like it's free. Act? Okay. Yeah. Um, That's cool. And at some point, like I think this part of it runs through, um, like part of August, I think. And then they're starting uh, a multiplayer one at some point nice. to test to test that. And I'm more excited for that. It's it's going to be. As far, as far as I can tell, there's going to be like a versus multiplayer mode, but there's also going to be a co-op mode. Yes, like you can probably play through a campaign co-op cooperatively or something. Um, and the campaign's designed to be replayable and to to be able to try things that are you know like alternate alternative to history. So, so is this more like? Cool. Um... Is Company of Heroes more like a Commandos kind of game, or is it more like a Command and Conquer kind of game? No, yeah, just... like like old school real time strategy, but with okay with uh, more modern trappings, I guess you could say. Like, there's control points for getting resources instead of like mining different resource nodes and stuff. Okay, so you don't and get any of that. Base like... buildings pretty simplified. You don't get any of that. Like, yes, me lord. And like, <laughs> unfortunately, no, I mean, nothing will ever beat that in some <laughs> regards, but uh, honestly, as far from a pure, like gameplay standpoint, I think company of heroes is probably the best straight real time strategy game outside of maybe Starcraft. Hmm. It's kind of a toss up depending on my mood, but it, it's definitely been a favorite of mine throughout the years. Um, it's, like they have a lot of cool. I, I guess I never even mentioned that it's a World War II oh, game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, this one is going to be set in the Mediterranean theater, which is different because they like usually games don't really explore that aspect of World War II, like Italy and Africa and the rest of the Mediterranean. Um, but yeah, it, it has some really cool mechanics, like. When you control an infantry unit, it's really like six infantry guys in a little squad, you know, instead of just controlling one individual person at a time or like having a whole, having to like draw a box around like a hundred dudes, like <laughs> command and conquer style, basically, and have Dragon them rush the to man. their death. Yeah. And there, it, it's just more, it's much more tactical than a, a lot of, RTS games are and, and not so much bogged down in the, the resource management and the base building, but it's still there at least. Cool. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm excited for that to come out at some point. Um, I think, yeah, I don't know when it's supposed to come out, but yeah. Um, besides that, I played through the rest of Disco Elysium. Nice. Um, I got a pretty good ending, I feel. Although I royally fucked up part of it, but I wasn't going to go back and try to fix my errors because it was several hours earlier, I think. (laughs) Um, 
yeah, I, I it definitely looks like there's a lot of different ways that game can play out outside of the, you know, five minute end game <laughs> screens that you guys found. And uh <laughs> but like further into the story, like actually finishing the story. Um, it looks like there could be multiple outcomes. Um, so I could definitely see myself going back and playing at some point. I, I would say, I mean, I don't have too much negative to say about it. It's it's really awesome. It definitely would have been in my game of the year category. Like, might have been my top game for the year. I think it was 2019 when it originally came out. I think so. Uh, yeah. I don't remember what I picked for 2019, but... Uh, the competition would be pretty uh, tough because it, it's just that good. Like I, I was starting to lose a little interest about halfway through because I was kind of stuck. Like the, the feeling you get when you're playing like a point and click adventure where you feel like you've done everything and you don't know how to progress things. Mm-hmm. But then I realized that an option that I ignored like two days before is basically something you had to do in order to open up like a whole plethora of options and basically keep the game moving forward. Hmm. That That's like the one drawback I feel like with the game is sometimes things seem like they're optional when they're not. And the only way to find that out is to get stuck like I did. And there are also, I, I read when I originally got stuck, I was trying to not really like cheat my way through with a gameplay or something, but I just wanted like a small hint as to why I was stuck. Yeah. And I accidentally found out that there's another thing you can get stuck on where basically you're just one of your stats. If it's not high enough, you don't get the option to roll on, or if it's not high enough, you can't you're unlikely to win the roll on one of the choices and that will just stop the dead, the game dead in that spot for like the day, I guess. <laughs> and you have to, you can progress time throughout any day by having conversations or reading books. At one point when I was really stuck, like I just read the same book over and over again for literally like hours of in-game play <laughs> Just because I didn't, I just wanted to go on to the next day. Because every single time uh, the day changes, something else changes in the world too. Like yeah. new characters will come in or whatever. Uh, Control uh, was our game of 2019. Oh, hmm. if I'm not that yeah, that's a tough. steep com- competition right there. I mean, Control is controls a whole nother thing. I mean, it definitely has better gameplay. <laughs> But uh, depends on what you're looking for, really. But. Yeah, it would depend on my mood a lot. Disco Elysium, I would say. I mean, Control has really good world building too, but I would say Disco Elysium wins on that count. I'm very interested in them making another game in this world at some point. I don't know if they will. I would think so. Um, yeah, I mean, like. There's so much information, so much backstory to like what's going on with the world and the state of things. And it just feels very realistic, especially the absurdly long and involved conversations you can have about politics and 
economics and just how well thought out all that stuff is. Um, there's even a whole like sub quest line where you can uh, more like explore the the socioeconomic aspect of the game more. Hmm. Like there's like a communist subplot and stuff like that. <laughs> But I didn't actually play one of those. I didn't even know about them until after I was looking at reviews when I was done with the game. Um, as far as... I think that's literally the only type of side quest that I skipped, though. I did everything else I could. So I, it probably took me... I don't know. It, it, it doesn't have like an in-game timer, like how long you've played. And I'm not playing it through Steam, so I don't really know how long I played it. Mm. But it seemed like well over 30 hours um but i wish you guys had played it more because i'm dying to talk about some of the the later aspects of the game especially this one like i thought the ending was kind of leading toward a relatively normal detective ending and then there was just this random holy shit moment where (laughs) all of my hard work in this one quest that seemed to have nothing to do with the game paid off and then I was really sold. I was like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> and I can't describe it even in the least, or it, it'll just spoil it. Yeah, I thought about picking it up on, um, I think it's on Switch now, just because like playing anything at my computer desk feels like torture for some reason. Um, so You need a better chair, apparently. It's not the chair, it's just... The, the environment. The environment, really. Uh, I need All that, to move it. He, his, his, like the home, the home office and work from home mentality has yeah. completely ruined the gaming center that is his office. Uh, yeah. So I don't really know what to do about that, other than to buy a Steam Deck or something. So we'll see. Uh, but no, yeah, I, I do, I do really want to play more of it. It's just one of those things. Like, I would even be happy getting one of the endings along the way rather than like you know dying five minutes into the game. Like, I feel like that's one of the games where it's like, if you make mistakes that lead you to something to, to an ending, like even just 15 of the 30 hours in, that's kind of like your experience with the game. And I think I kind of admire the fact that like, there's so many places where it could just kind of end for different reasons. Yeah. It reminds me of like, um, it just reminds me of older games, older like adventure games and point and click games and things like that. Where, you know, sometimes you just fuck up and you don't make it to the end. It, but then on top of that, it sounds like there's also, like, actual endings. Oh, yeah. So, like, multiple different actual endings, probably. I mean, so. the th- you could say that there are a couple main storylines. But, I mean, like, one would be figuring out what the hell happened to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, what your backstory is. That one I didn't. That one I found kind of underwhelming, to be honest. Um, I loved being like a drunk amnesiac. That was amazing, but like the payoff for that wasn't as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> but um, the the detective story was uh, the longer part of the game. That yeah. that takes a like I think it was day eight that I finished on, which I believe is the earliest day you can finish it on. Hmm. You can actually go longer. Nice. But, uh, like I said, I fucked up part of my case though. So (laughs) I'm sure it happens. Yeah. In real life. Right on. But yeah, it's cool. 
just it's though it's hard to like if you don't like point and click adventures at all and you don't like reading at all or pen and paper RPGs, then you, this is not the game for you. But if you like all of those things or one of those things a lot, there's no reason to not play this game. It's just it's it's so good. But yeah, I can see that's not for everyone. So, yeah, sure. Cool. Anything else or is that pretty much it? Um, that is all. I mean, yeah, I think you covered golf pretty good. I interjected about that. I'm having a blast with it. It's, it's like embarrassingly fun to me because it's a fucking golf game. <laughs> and, but like, yeah. Well, it's, it's like, I don't know the, the golf thing. There's like more to it too, because <sighs> I, like, I just like being, I, I like, you know, the, the ASMR shit talking and <laughs> commentary while you're on the green like that kind of stuff's funny to me and like doing that yeah <laughs> like that's just that's part of the enjoyment and like on top of it like uh, like we had mentioned it's super chill so like you can have good conversation with whoever you're playing with and like still play like I could be playing it right now while doing the podcast like is how chill <laughs> it's a, this it, game is it's a great party game absolutely I, any golf game is a great party game but this is just this like this particular golf game is just so well put together that it's you I, like i the only bad thing about it is uh i can't play it all the time i got life man oh the the other thing i was gonna add is the only thing that is not superior about uh pga 2k1 or TK21 music sorry. is it compared music? to GTA online is the wardrobe choices cuz mm. I I love all the clothing choices in GTA online and the fact that you can pick some really ridiculous stuff and you you can only go so ridiculous in in uh, PGA it's it's it doesn't really embrace the I mean, absurdity that it could some golf clothes also there's not even a a green, a primary or Kelly green shirt of any type in the game. So as, I can't as somebody complete my works, leprechaun. Some, as somebody who works in clothing and apparel, the Nike has green golf polos like Kelly. But they're green not ones. in the game. No, I know. It's kind of a bummer that you it's don't bullshit. have that. It's like you can't, they could never come out and be like, well, you know, it's not true to the game. And it's like, dude, yeah, it, no, it, like golf clothes in general are ridiculous. Like when I see the the golf like the polos and things that we have to get for certain like companies and stuff at work it's kind of nuts like the color combinations and stuff that they have are mm-hmm. just crazy so i was wondering anyways. if there's any dlc that allows you to get other outfits but i don't know i don't know have to look um i uh i started playing the final fantasy 7 remake uh intermission I believe it is called. This is the PlayStation 5 exclusive downloadable content that cost me $20. Um, and basically has you playing as uh, Yuffie in Midgar. Is Yuffie the actual like pronunciation? Yuffie is what she says. It's also what the katakana would be pronounced as in Japanese. I knew you were going to say this. <laughs> I was like, it's what she calls herself, so that's what I'm going to call her. Because um, I always called her Yuffie. Yeah, we called her Yuffie because we were Americans reading reading a game, 
right? That didn't have any voices in it. So I guess. Uh, and you know, in Japanese games, what do they do with names? I don't know. But uh, no, so you play as Yuffie. Um, I'm very early on, very like only played like an hour of it or so. Um, but it's interesting. It's fun to play as Yuffie because she plays kind of like. It's inter- the most interesting thing about some of the remake is being able to play as these different playable characters in battle. So the original game had Tifa and Aerith and Barrett and Cloud, and all of them played differently. Cloud was very uh, uh, up close melee, but also Tifa was like a brawler. Um, Aerith was mostly used for magic, but she had like kind of ranged magical skill that she could attack with as well. And heal. And Barrett and heal, yeah. And then Barrett has his guns. He also has like a melee glove that you can put on him, but he mostly has guns. So Yuffie kind of has like a mix of Tifa and Aerith where she can throw her, you know, thingamabob. Shrukin. I don't even remember what Shruken, sure. I think that I think they call it a Shruken. So you throw the Shruken, and then she can attack with ninjutsu, where it's like you can assign elements to her magical attack, and that ninjutsu can like affect the enemies based on their elemental type, which is nice because usually you have to have a certain type of materia equipped in order to do that type of elemental damage to a monster. Um. So she's kind of got, like, this interesting... You can also get up close and, like, attack with the uh, shuriken, uh, like, you know, melee style as well. Um, But it's kind of fun. You can kind of play with it different ways. Um, There's another guy who I think is going to join the party. I don't know if he's playable or not. And he's not, like, a character from the original game. Um, He seems to be another Wutaian agent of some kind, because Yuffie is from Wutai in the game. Um, but the other thing that I think other fan, fans of the original might be interested in is um, they have made a they have made the Fort Condor mini game into more of a kind of like a tower defense ish thing, which is similar to what it was originally. But now in this DLC, you can go around the city and challenge other people like you could with Triple Triad and Final Fantasy VIII. And you can fight them on the Fort Condor board. And you have different pieces that you can put on the board that you can, like, change out. You have to select your loadout of what types of guys you want to be able to spawn. And you basically have to, like, send enough units over to defeat their units and also destroy their, like, three bases that are behind enemy lines. And you have a certain amount of time to do it in. Um, So it's, it's interesting. I haven't quite gotten the knack of it yet. I've only played a couple rounds of it. Um, but it's, it's fun. It's, there's a lot of it in there if you want to do it. So (laughs) I'm hoping there's, there's a bit more to the story and I didn't just pay for $20 worth of the, of the new Fort Condor game, but, um, I'm interested to see where it all goes and, uh, where Yuffie's story kind of ends up in Midgard. Cause normally you don't, in, in the original game, you don't meet her until you're well out of Midgar. So, um, It'll be interesting to kind of see what they're writing her as doing during the main story of the game uh, in Midgar. So, right. Yeah, it's fun. 
cool. I don't know if it's worth twenty dollars yet. I'll report back later. Right on. Well, sweet. But yeah, let's uh, let's get into some game news. All right, it has finally come. What is the new Nintendo Switch? Oh shit! Just like everyone was waiting for, it's not more powerful. It doesn't have a bigger battery. It doesn't do 4K. It doesn't have DLSS. It doesn't have any of those things that Bloomberg said it would. It, you know, it's crazy. But it comes in white, which looks really cool. It does yeah, come it does in white. Look, it does, including cool. the dock. Uh, yes, Nintendo Switch 349.99 coming in October. <sighs> the big change here is that it is an OLED screen. It is slightly bigger than the original screen on the Switch, so there's less bezel around the entire system as brian said there's a nice new white color for the joy cons and the dock that is coming out the dock also has an ethernet port in it instead of another usb port uh which is cool i guess um but yes no difference in processor power or anything like that no difference in battery uh no power bump of any sort uh slightly better speakers in handheld mode um, so yeah, this is that switch upgrade that nobody was asking for. I appreciate the extra storage. That's true. Yes. It is 64 gigabytes of storage instead of 32. Um, but still yeah. kind of, you know, not, it, not that much. And also not like SSD. It's, it's like a, it's EMMC memory. I think still, I mean, I've never been mad about how long my switch games take to load, to be honest. Fair enough. But yeah, um, there was a bit of a backlash given that it's not the more powerful Switch that it was, but um, I don't know. It's really weird that there were so many rumors flying about this more powerful Switch, and then that's not what we ended up getting. So, very curious to know uh, exactly why that happened that way could have been covid could just be that they were not we're not ready to release the thing they were working on or it was just a prototype i don't know but it's time for release with metroid dread in october um personally i don't think i'm going to be picking one up but i think for anybody that still needs to get a switch it's not a bad option um but it's just interesting to me that they're like oh yeah it's also gonna get a price increase um, I don't know that they've said for sure that they're going to end uh, the normal model, um, but they will definitely have the 199 Nintendo Switch Lite still available um, for sure. So this this OLED model might replace the current 299 model. So if you really wanted one at 299, go try and find one because I've heard they're also kind of hard to find still ish. Not as hard to find as a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X, but hard to find. Um, yeah, so that's the Switch. On to the other Switch. It it's still, still this ending. This call is about to end. Oh, there we go. I think it flipped over. Okay. All right. Now we're in party um, mode. So all the memes came out. Uh, Valve does what Nintendo don't. The Steam Deck has been announced. The timing um, couldn't be better when Nintendo announces an underwhelming Switch. Absolutely. And like... People were waiting for it and waiting for it. I wonder if Valve was just sitting on this announcement waiting for that to happen. But, uh, yes, the Steam Deck is coming. It is a, uh, it is a, an AMD powered 
Switch-like device that can play all of your Steam games uh, out of the box, or many of them at least, from what they're able to say. Uh, price is starting at $399 for a 64 gigabyte system. Uh, right now, they're supposed to start shipping in December 2021, but if you want to reserve one, right now the current availability is expected in quarter two of 2022 for all three models. There's a 399, 529, 649. Some small differences in different models from what I was reading, including uh, the latter two include SSDs instead of the first one, which only has a slot for SSDs that may or may not be customer accessible. Um, and it may, may, may or may not void your warranty if you try to plug one in. But yeah, this is a this is a Switch-like device. Like I said, there's going to be a dock that you can buy that you'd be able to hook it up to Ethernet, USBs, got DisplayPort and HDMI on it. Um, and the device itself has, like, uh, it's got thumbsticks, it's got a D-pad, it's got, you know, your four face buttons, and then it has, like, track pads below the two thumbsticks. And then there's also two shoulder buttons, and there's two um, back buttons. Like paddle, paddle buttons. Like paddle buttons. Yeah, paddle buttons that are on the back of the system as well. And there's a touch screen. Um, so it looks like a pretty... I mean, it's very much a Nintendo Switch, but it's, it's a nice-looking device. Uh, might be a great way to have PC games be accessible on the go. Um, and... Honestly, like it, it seems like a cool way to kind of bring a PC into your living room as well. If you're not, you know, hooking up your long HDMI cables or anything like that. Um, what do you guys think of the Steam Deck? I'm absolutely pumped on this. I I love the idea of it. It looks like it's going to be a success, in my opinion. Um, for me personally, it's not something I need yet. It's something I want. It's definitely not something higher on my tier of gamer needs, you know, than like a PS5 or a Switch, though. A new Switch. Yeah, it certainly seems pretty supplemental for people like us, but I feel like there's a lot of people out there that maybe um, have had a hard time upgrading their GPU or something that would maybe get be at the point where they'd just be like, you know what, screw it, I should just have one of these. Because um, it's, it's a pretty slick-looking device. I mean, honestly, um, the only thing I don't like about it is the fact that it doesn't have a SIM slot. Mm. Like, I would love to be able... Because I, I, I use Google Fi for my phone subscription. I'm allowed free data SIMs to put into whatever de- devices I want, and they just count against my normal data budget or whatever if I set a data budget, but I don't because I have unlimited data. So I would love to just throw a SIM card in it and always have internet wherever I go and, like, you know, have be able to just download what I want or play multiplayer games without having to access Wi-Fi. But I suppose yeah. I could just hotspot it to my phone. I don't know how fast that is, but yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I feel like hotspotting is available, but yeah, I think the, the, the Vita was the last like gaming device that actually you could get it where you could put a SIM into it. Yeah. Uh, I should also mention there's also a micro SD card slot so you can expand your storage in that sense. Um, which is very cool. And it's got a seven to eight hour maximum battery life. Usually when you're playing smaller 2D games or web browsing, you can expect to get the maximum battery life of approximately 7 to 8 hours, according to SteamDeck.com, their official website. Um, yeah, I I mean, I, I placed the reservation for one. It was $5 to reserve. 
Um, but I don't necessarily know that I'm going to hang on to that reservation depending on how things shake out and if I feel like I need one or not, but it looks like a really neat device. And I feel like, um, you know, like that's the thing is that the switch for me has kind of turned into a place where I would like to buy a lot of indie games because I can take them on the go with me. But like this, this feels like they knew that and are kind of playing off of that fact and who knows how powerful the thing's going to be i'm very curious to see it is a zen 2 and rdna 2 powerhouse that is the most recent uh uh amd um gpu but the zen 2 is also behind a uh, generation on the on the cpu side of things um so you're kind of looking at something with like a gpu similar to what we're seeing in some of the newer consoles, um, but with a slightly older CPU in it. So um, it will be very interesting to see what this thing can do. I know I know you're like interested to see the performance on this. So the PC Gamer just put out an article today saying, it turns out the Steam Deck's final spec is more impressive than Valve first listed. Uh, and it says, Valve has updated the Steam Deck specifications to correctly report the handheld's genuinely impressive memory specification, first noted with dual-channel RAM, the updated specification now correctly lists quad-channel 32-bit LPDDR5 memory with speeds up to 5,500 5, MT per second. Interesting. The raw speed that Valve yeah. is touting for a handheld console hasn't actually changed since it was announced, but Twitter user Lacuza, Locuza rightly points out something didn't add up with the initial LPDDR5 spec listed by Valve. Um, let's see. It was first listed with dual-channel, however, now that has been corrected, the quad-channel 32-bit uh, an important distinction as this confirms the Steam Deck has tremendous amount a tremendous amount of bandwidth relative to its expected GPU performance. So um, nice. Yeah, I thought that that article like kind of I think a lot of people I thought I think I saw it on Reddit. I don't remember if I read it on Reddit or if I read it like just in my news feed of random shit, but uh, people were pretty pumped on that. Um, so the thing does run a Steam operating system, um, Steam OS. Uh, and it very much it uses something called Proton, which has is a combat compatibility layer that makes it possible to run your games without any porting work needed from developers. So I think they're very much looking to have as much compatibility with different games as possible, even though it's not running Windows out of the box. But on the other hand, it seems like you'll probably also be able to install Windows to this thing, and I would assume that Steam or Valve is probably going to provide drivers for all the controls. So that everything works as it should, uh, even if you're not running the Steam OS on it. So should be interesting to see what people get up to with these things. Um, they did show it playing Control. Yeah, no, and and I mean it, it's hard to know exactly what is you know their press video and if it's actually running and what what's going on. I don't know. I guess I'm just skeptical of that. But once I think there is a Digital Foundry video out about it, um, but I don't know that they got much more detail than what was already released so right. i think it'll be interesting to see what the real world performance kind of looks like with it right on i'm excited i also reserved one and i'm really pumped cool maybe i'll do a cool unboxing video that would be fun um all right and then in terms of big stories they're kind of got the last one here netflix very recently mentioned that they want to get into video games and some more news came out today at an investor call uh netflix or excuse me, this is a letter to its investors. Quote, we're also in the early stages of further expanding into games, building on our earlier efforts around interactivity, for example, Black Mirror Bandersnatch, and our Stranger Things games. 
We view gaming as another content category for us, similar to our expansion into original films, animation, and unscripted TV. Games will be included in members' Netflix subscription at no additional cost, similar to films and series. Initially, we'll be primarily focused on games for mobile devices. We're excited as ever about our movies and TV series offerings, and we expect a long runway of increasing investment and growth across all of our existing content categories. But since we are nearly a decade into our push into original programming, we think the time is right to learn more about how our members value games. Uh, So there was a big announcement last week, kind of like a uh, signaling that Netflix was looking more into video games, and it sounds like there's a little bit more detail here than previously. Uh, This Verge article also mentions Reed Hastings saying that, uh, quote, we compete with and lose to Fortnite more than HBO. So they understand that there's a lot of youngins out there playing Fortnite instead of watching Netflix and they want to they want to capture that audience as well. Um but yeah, Brian, what do you think about Netflix games? Are you intrigued at all? Um yeah, but I mean it, I I don't feel like I'm the target audience. Like I feel like they're going to be games like geared toward more casual players, but uh I'd still be interested. It might be cool if they make something casual enough to where I can sit down on the couch and play something with Erica, which would be unheard of, but it might (laughs) happen. So yeah, I'm very curious what the, what they are kind of like with Bandersnatch being one of the things that they did, if they would try to make their games more like, uh, more like an experience like that, or if this mobile stuff is meant to be like, you know, you sign into your Netflix account when you download this game and you can play it for free or with your subscription. What do you think, John? Uh, I'm pumped about it, man, because the Bandersnatch thing was really cool. Um, I, th- I think with the narrative teams that they're able to put together for all the different shows and movies and things that they've done as well as just the general amount of money they're willing to throw at production for some of these things. I feel like they will do a, if they put as much effort into it as they have in their own series and things like that, I think they'll do a really great job coming up with some cool games. I'm interested to see what the platform actually is, if it's a platform or if it's more, they're just becoming like a, a game studio too. Like, you know, if, if you have to have a Netflix subscription to play it, which I already do. And most people probably already do and you can just play those games on your TV or whatever. Like I'd be interested to see what exactly that is, or if it's as part of your Netflix subscription, you can now download our games on your PC and play them, you know, lag free or whatever the hell, you know what I mean? Like, is it going to be a Luna or a stadia or, you know, like a GeForce now kind of situation, or is it going to be something where like you can actually download the games and play them? I, I don't know. I mean, you can download, episodes of whatever the hell you're watching on netflix and watch them on your own time so i suppose like why wouldn't they have a download model too um but yeah it, ultimately like i think if they if they put the same amount of effort and money and talent behind the things they're doing with their tv shows and movies i think the netflix gaming whatever it ends up being will be highly su- successful and i think also just um their willingness to work with their creators and things, you know, for instance, like the whole Dave Chappelle thing comes to mind where he went and when hit, when HBO and, uh, I, and Netflix and like one other, I can't remember. Maybe it was like, uh, it was another Hulu, maybe like all three of them put Chappelle, they all put Chappelle show out. Then Dave Mm -hmm. Chappelle released this special about, 
on YouTube about how basically like those company like Comedy Central screwed him and they they took away his whole identity as as an African American man in America like and so he came out and was like I called Netflix and I told them take it down because it hurts my feelings and they did and that was like <laughs> and because when when Dave Chappelle asks you to do something you fucking do something like you like <laughs> as far as I'm concerned because Dave Chappelle's the shit but ultimately what what I'm getting at is they're willing to work with people and they're willing to like make decisions that ultimately at least you know the CEO or whatever I can't think of his name off the top of my head but Reed Hastings he's willing to make decisions that are probably like against what the rest of the board or shareholders want him to do but they're always in the best interest of the company and I think that guy's got a really good head on his shoulders so yeah I mean kind of the two things that I think come to mind for me is like I'm hoping that they understand that, like, the content pipeline for video games is a much longer lead time than TV shows, you know? A lot of these bigger games that get developed are in, you know, development for multiple years. And, like, they can get a TV show up and running on Netflix inside of a year if they really want to. So, I don't know, like... How much of that co-marketing is, like, it seems a lot harder to line up, like, hey, we have a Stranger Things game, and here's also Stranger Things Season 4, unless something has to get held back in order for them both to meet at the right time, you know? Yeah. This game is designed off of Season 3, but Season 4 is out, that type I of mean, thing. I mean, I guess I don't even know how um, successful the Stranger Things game actually was, but I suppose, like, if they create a franchise like that that excites people enough, you know it'll 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 do well i guess i don't i don't know i i i mean and the other thing that i'm like kind of curious about with it is like when they say we're starting with mobile devices like i can see in a mobile device where it would make sense of like hey we can sign into netflix and you're good but then does that mean they're putting out like kind of free to download versions of these games on playstation eventually and then you also can sign into your thing and is sony going to be okay with not getting that chunk of money cuz you know, like, do they really want to serve that content if they're not getting any of your Netflix subscription? But does, who knows? do they get, they don't, do they get any of your Netflix subscription now? You know? No, they don't, but they also, but I'm know, sure like, they, they probably they're, don't, they're they only, don't get your Netflix subscription money necessarily, but I would assume Netflix probably pays Sony something to be on the PlayStation. That's, that's possible. And also like the idea of hosting the service rather than like, hey, we need you guys to distribute several gigabytes of games to people every time they download. I think it's a different proposition. Maybe. I don't know how all that shit works. I mean... I mean, maybe that's how... Yeah, like, we don't know how it works, but maybe that's that's the loophole, is that because it's through the Netflix service, you would be signing into your Netflix account, and then you would be playing it through Netflix so to speak. I mean, it's similar to how like Google pays Apple an obscene amount of money to have Google available as like the default search yeah. on yeah, iPhones no. and iDevices and, and Apple computers in general, like an obscene amount of money just to be the default, which you can change at any point. So I would assume Netflix probably has a similar deal going with Sony and Microsoft and there's is Netflix on the switch. I can't remember. I think it is. I can't remember. But like I don't think there's they, much on the Switch. They probably that, pay these companies to be available on those platforms, you know. That's possible. They I probably do know that pay Roku to have a button on their remote. Yeah. 
entirely possible yeah and like well but netflix does pay like whenever you subscribe to netflix on an ios device like if you are making your subscription on ios apple gets a cut of that subscription so like i don't know it's just a weird situation i'm I'm interested to see how it all goes because i think the other way that it could go is what john is saying like maybe they work with google to license stadia to use that type of service for their games if they can't work around some of these logistics with console makers so yeah just know that a lot of this streaming stuff wouldn't really be possible if net neutrality really got gutted i think we're going to see more stuff like this happen as the net neutrality shit comes back into play yeah yeah anyways all right a couple of quick hits here ubisoft's next assassin's creed game will be a live service game uh currently codenamed Assassin's Creed Infinity. Um, they're basically looking at a game that will have multiple different types of land masses or, you know, different uh, cultures and things like that. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I'd be okay with not seeing a new Assassin's Creed game every year and they just have one game that they keep updating, but what do you guys think? Brian, what's your thoughts? I mean, if they do it right, it could be cool. But I I feel like this is just another way to like nickel and dime people mm. for Assassin's Creed content. But, I mean, why uh, just leave it to Assassin's Creed in general? I mean, that's Ubisoft is now a free to play company. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's what they want to be. Well, uh, no indication whether or not it will be actually free to play or not. But they're saying they, it is a live but, service game. But what I'm but saying they is did, they yes. are literally like a like they've be, they have now shifted their production or their gaming model to free to play moving forward. I mean, that's the plan at least. That's what was discussed previously. Right. Yes. So why wouldn't this be a free to play MMO based in Assassin's Creed? that they do plan on actually nickel and diming people to death with. I mean, also, I feel it, like that's just part of the nickel and diming is part of the, the free to play architecture at this point outside of rainbow six siege. I wonder like, why don't they just make Ubisoft the game for real? Like, I mean, we joke about it, but the fact that they have all of these elements of their games like spreading out into different games like you know how the division crept into ghost recon and the fact that this is going to be live service like the division is live service and like like why don't they just make one ubisoft game and combine all of the games into one it's called uh uh ubisoft connect and you can pay 15 dollars a month to play ubisoft the game which is all of their games well i mean that's the x defiant game that was just announced too is a combination of tom clancy franchises i mean the different factions the outcasts and the cleaners are both from the division and those are two of the factions you can be in the game like yeah they literally showed yeah. like in one of the previews a so dude bad. from the cleaners faction using a fucking flamethrower like the, the cleaners do in the division like they're literally they are literally blending all of their games together into like just one universe yeah so i don't know like i honestly like i don't think i care to play a free-to-play or a live service assassin's creed and like the destinyification of origins is my least favorite part of that game <laughs> 
the fact that you're picking up loot that is colored, you know, white, green, yep. blue, purple, orange, like, you know. So they were headed there, and we knew it. It's just uh, that's my point. True. Yeah, it's not not what I want. But I also am not like a core Assassin's Creed fan, so you know, maybe others will be more excited about it. I'd love to see the stats on like how many people paid for the XP boost in those that Assassin's Creed Origins and mm. or where was yeah. that in Odyssey? There was it was it in both? Probably in both would be my guess. I think um it 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 it'd be interesting to me to see what they're going to do in terms of like maybe this just means smaller land masses with different cultures like I feel like the most interesting thing about it is like is the game you running around in the real world and then you're like hopping in the animus to visit different time periods and different locations and things like that sounds kind of cool but like yeah I don't I don't want to play a a live service game. I see. I picture it more like world of Warcraft and like your little assassin goes to like a giant, you climb a giant tree tower and jump on an actual giant Eagle and fly to another landmass. Much like the Griffins. Maybe. I don't know. I just making that up. But yeah, speaking of X defiance, this is a Tom Clancy X defiant, a Ubisoft original, however many different parts of a title they can stick on there. Uh, it's One a free-to-play. <laughs> an Ubisoft unoriginal. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Clancy's X Defiant is a free-to-play, fast-paced arena shooter that combines intense gunplay with personalized loadouts and specialized factions as teams of gunfighters called Defiance Battle for Domination. There's a closed test coming August 5th for PC in the U.S. and Canada. Feel free to sign up on Ubisoft.com slash en-us slash game slash x defiant uh but yeah looks like a very much like a free-to-play shooter kind of uh overwatch it's like overwatch meets rainbow six yeah six v six um and uh yeah so just got announced today might be cool might be stupid was it today or was it yesterday what day is it i don't know anymore this week it was announced yeah uh, all right. Battlefield 2042 will include cross-play and cross-progression. Very cool. Yeah, very happy about that. Means we can play with Nick and Gojo regardless of whatever platform we pick it up on. Hopefully, as long as Sony isn't I, shitty about it. Uh, yeah, Sony I'm a little worried that PC will only be cross-play compatible with PS5 and Xbox Series X and S. And not PS4 and Xbox One. If I recall correctly, mm. the Xboxes can't play with PlayStations, but they can play with PCs, and the PlayStations can play with PCs. So this, I uh, think you're this thinking of a different po- game. Polygon's article says Battlefield 2042 will include cross-platform play between PlayStation 5, Windows PC, and Xbox Series X. Developer Dice and publisher Electronic Arts confirmed Wednesday. Players on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One platforms will also be able to play against each other, but given the maximum player count differences, 64 versus 128, between last-gen and current-gen consoles, cross-generation play will not be included in this year's Battlefield. Well, damn it. Guess we gotta find Nick a PlayStation 5 before, uh... Or he's got a PC. He could also play on PC. Yeah. But the other thing I heard is that you can, uh... You can either... You can't, like... 
can't adjust what kind of pool you're playing in. So it's either like cross plays on or there's no cross play at all. So it's like, if you want to play between Series X and PlayStation 5, that's fine. But you're also going to have PC players in there too, is what my understanding is. So, To be um, honest, like if they do it right, you won't really notice. I've played Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I've been playing crossplay the whole time. And people on Xbox and PlayStation play just as well as people on PC. Also, yeah. they have the option to use mouse and keyboard on either of those systems. And that's really the only distinct advantage I feel that a PC could have. Is that really true? You know that for a fact? I, almost. 98% sure that you can use a mouse <laughs> and keyboard. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. But if it is, yeah, that's cool. I don't know if that's true for Battlefield, I'm saying for Modern Warfare. No, I know, yeah, but I, I yeah, I don't. I don't know. For some reason, I thought that they're still being weird about that type of thing on a system level in both sides. But anyway, uh, yeah, October 22, Battlefield 2042 is coming out. Should be fun. Sweet. Excited to check that one out. Uh, back to Ubisoft because I didn't line these up properly. Um, Rainbow Six Extraction is getting delayed to January of 2022. Um. And then uh, Riders Republic, the BMX racing game, is getting delayed a few weeks as well. Uh, I mostly assume these are COVID-related delays. So, um, bummer, but whatever time it takes to get a good video game, I'm down. I don't, I don't get the Riders Republic. Like, why? Yeah, I, I don't either. Just like that uh, other game they had, whatever it was called. Uh, I'm going to skip that last one. Uh, which one? The um, the snowboarding like flight suit one. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't remember what that was called. The one steep. that looked like steep. Well, no, but isn't there another one that came out this year that's also like more? St- I don't know. Whatever. No, yeah. steep. It was steep. going to come out, but didn't come out yet. Riders Republic. Yeah, yeah. But but steep. Like I just don't get it. Like I tried playing steep because it was. I think it was free on PlayStation at some point, and I I got it. Yeah. Uh, and it was just like. It just didn't seem fun at all. I think it's meant to be like a, uh, it's like a skate for the SSX crowd, right? It's kind of, but I don't know. I never. No, it's just like it. you randomly jump into a race. Like it was like you were free roaming on a mountain and doing random races down areas of the mountain, like on a snowboard or a flight suit or a bike or something. Yeah. I don't know. It just wasn't fun. That game flopped pretty hard. Yeah. Anyways, is that it? We done? That's it. It's yeah, I'm skipping over the Neil Blomkamp one. That's cool that he's making a game, but uh, I just thought you might want to make a chappy joke. That's the only. Hopefully, it's better that. than his other movies. Hopefully, he doesn't put D Ant Word in it and ruin the whole fucking thing. Oh, they'll definitely be in it. I'm sure. The whole soundtrack. Yeah, I just it'll turn, be, turn be the music playable off. Care. It's gonna be a D Ant Word video game, is what it's. It's gonna not Die Ant Word. I don't, I don't know. think so. I just thought that's how it was spelled, so yeah. you're probably right. Usually the way things are spelled are how you pronounce them always. Well, yeah. in other languages, at least. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. If, uh, if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch a show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. 
You can subscribe as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at npn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K, Tom Z, Chris K, and Alan K for the contributions. One of the perks of joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call side quests. These side quests, we talk about all kinds of random junk like food. Today we're going to talk about Oreos. So that's cool. Yes, and, uh, and pizza. We talk about pizza a lot and we talk about lots of beverages and things. Uh, and also just random experiences in our life that don't necessarily fit into the realm of video games. Uh, so feel free to subscribe to our Patreon for as little as $1 a month, and you can get those side quests the next day from our episode, or you can wait a week. It'll show up in the normal feed without a subscription. So something to think about. As always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGamers at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. We are Twitch affiliates. You can subscribe to our Twitch using our free Prime subscription that Amazon so graciously gives you because Jeff Bezos has so much money. <laughs> and now he wants to give some to us through you and the Amazon Prime that you pay for on a yearly subscription. So think about that. Next episode, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about. I'm going to stop so he doesn't sue us. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff coming out. Uh, also, I'm going to be out of town when we would normally record the next episode, so there might be a little bit of a delay. Or, or maybe Brian and I will go solo. The Ooh, next thing I will play before we record is The Ascent. How much I play of it determines on whether it's good or not. So, The Ascent coming out on Xbox Game Pass. Yes. Uh, both PC and on console. Uh, this is a cyberpunk-themed action role-playing video game. It looks really cool. I've been looking forward to it. Nice. Well, sweet. Cool. Sounds good. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. And uh, we will see you next time. Peace. Peace.